the most important job of the Commander-in-Chief of the United States of America. And what you're really voting for is for the President to select the best Supreme Court justices to line that bench of nine. And there's a lot of of truth in that. I mean, the House is going to do what it does. You don't know what the composite's going to be. The Senate's going to do what it's going to do. You don't know what the composite's going to be. The President's going to sign some, veto some, but at the end of the day, the sole authority a President has comes down to one big issue, and that is appointing Supreme Court judges to the highest court in the land. Now, as you know, currently, our nine Supreme Court judges are like a lot of college professors. They get that tenure, and tenure means that you cannot be fired from your job. You either quit or you die. And most Supreme Court justices die or decide to retire because they feel close to death. Some of them aren't well and come back again and again. I'm not going to mention names. And some of them get older and their health starts to give and they continue to go to work because they are tenured and because this is an important job to them as it is an extremely important job and decision that they make no matter what the issue for you and for me. Congress is going to be getting back to work as they come back from their July 4th summer break, right? They're going to be coming back to work. And of course, there are going to be those in the Republican-dominated House and Senate that want to try once again to repeal and replace Obamacare, even though the Supreme Court has made yet another decision that pretty much makes it clear that the Affordable Care Act is the law of the land because they determined the Supreme Court the law of the land. And, of course, there are those in the House and the Senate that will try and do something to help circumvent the Supreme Court decision regarding gay marriage. States are already looking at, how can I discriminate against these people as much as possible and spit in the face of that ruling? And I'm sure some Republicans in the House and the Senate will try to jump on that bandwagon. But there's been a debate that's been brewing. Some people just talked about it over a cup of coffee, a cocktail, glass of wine, or a beer. And now it's being talked about in more political circles, not just inside the Beltway, but outside as well. One such person that has made a call and renewed the call for something, and and perhaps this is a man I like as a person, is a very kind man I mentioned before, but ideologically we we are so far apart, I can't even see the space in between. But on this... I agree with him. And it's not a cold day in hell. Hell is not frozen over, but I, Leslie Marshall, agree with Mike Huckabee. Now, before you faint, or give you, I'll give you a moment. You can faint. Get yourself off of the floor. Governor Mike Huckabee, who is another of the many GOP presidential candidates, has renewed a call that he has made in the past. And this call is for term limits for those nine Supreme Court justices. Now, this is not easy, just like it would not be easy to overturn Citizens United, just like it's not easy to have constitutional amendments. But here's the deal. A task as daunting, a task as difficult, a task as tall in order as this, under the term of the Constitution, although quite difficult, is not a battle I don't think we should take up. If you believe 
that there should not be no term limit, a tenured position for the Supreme Court, yet the man or hopefully woman as commander-in-chief and president of the United States who appoints them and selects them has a limitation on their term of eight years maximum, two terms, four years each. Now, I want to throw the word fair out because it's not about fair, but is that in the best interest of the American people? Especially with some rulings that are going to come up to not just the Constitution, but some very gray areas of the Constitution that involve technology. And I'm not trying to be mean, but quite frankly, the older we get, the less tech-savvy we are. Hell, let me tell you something. When it comes to being tech-savvy, I'm 150. I'll be the first to admit. But it's not even about age. Because people age differently, and age doesn't always matter. My mother just retired at 76 years of age. She was a regional vice president of a company, and she could still work. She could still work because she didn't have me and my brothers driving her crazy and forcing her to retire. It's not just about age. It's about how the face of America changes. How the face of our Congress changes in both chambers. How the face of our commander-in-chief changes. And shouldn't that of our courts We should be able to shake things up, shouldn't we? When a new commander-in-chief comes in, why not? Cabinet members do. Ambassadors do. Why not the Supreme Court justices? Now, Governor Huckabee has made the call several times. The current court ruled on significant cases involving Obamacare and same-sex marriage. Now, see, again, you may say, you agree with Huckabee? Oh, I agree with Huckabee on changing the court and putting term limits on the Supreme Court. I definitely agree with that. I don't agree on his reasoning. Why? He didn't like the outcome of Obamacare and same-sex marriage. And I do, which is exactly why I like the idea of term limits. Oh, don't get me wrong. Of course, it's going to cringe a little when a liberal leaves and there's more room for a conservative. There's a conservative president. But I think if you break it down into the most important reason you vote for who you vote for, and it should be, because the president of the United States, our commander in chief, has the sole authority to select a Supreme Court justice, that this term limit might just bring more people out to vote. If we don't have just a tenured position, maybe people won't just vote with their side, if you will, ideologically. If you don't have just a tenured position, maybe people will, you know, not just show up and, you know, you know, make their vote, but really, really work harder. Hello, Clarence Thomas. You know what I'm saying? So Huckabee has made this call several times. Governor Huckabee has made the call several times. He didn't like the ruling on significant cases such as Obamacare and same-sex marriages. And he said, quote, let's say if we made it 16 years, even 20 years, I don't have a specific arbitrary goal in mind. He said, I just think that people, whether they're in the executive branch, legislative or judicial branch, shouldn't see their appointment to an office as that it would be that they have permanent, no accountability whatsoever. I agree with him on that. I agree with him on that. I feel the same way. Sorry about college professors. Sorry to my fellow professors that are still there at Northeastern undergrad, Emerson graduate in Boston. Sorry. You're awesome. But you know what I'm saying? If, if you just, you know, how, how many how, ladies, 
How many of you gained weight after you got married and didn't work as hard to keep it off? Because you got them. You know what I'm saying? You don't put on that sexy Victoria's Secret, Vicky's Secret lingerie and work as hard. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking lingerie and sex for the Supreme Court. I'm talking about motivation. We have less motivation if we know we got the deal. We got the girl. We got the guy. We got the job. We got the job forever. And even though the Supreme Court justices have that big bench and that big road, uh, robe and that big responsibility and that big title as the highest part of the one of the nine of the highest court in the land and that big building in Washington, D.C., they're human beings. And we as human beings, we need to be held accountable. And if you have a finish line in sight, don't you work harder? Aren't you more productive? Don't you have more accountability? I believe so. And he also said, he went on to say, Governor Huckabee, that when a person can be appointed to the Supreme Court and stay there for 40 years, my gosh, they might have outlived, you know, six or seven presidents during the course of that time. Now, this was on CNN State of the Union programming over the weekend. I agree with him. Times change. The country changes. The issues change. The reason people want term limits for politicians is they don't want career politicians. Well, why do you want a career Supreme Court of the United States Justice. Do you want your justices held accountable? Will they be held more accountable if there were term limits? Now, this is an area, by the way, that we have bipartisan support and bipartisan disagreement. Huckabee joined several liberals, I'm one of them, and conservatives, calling for some limit on lifetime terms that are enjoyed by federal judges. Senator Ted Cruz, can you imagine his name, Huckabee, and mine in the same sentence? Where would you ever get that? Okay, this, is, this isn't just an anomaly. It's a one-time deal. So pick up the phone and join me. I have some questions for you, and I want to get your take on this. One, do you agree with me in supporting term limits for our Supreme Court justices? Do you support Supreme Court justice term limits? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543. If yes, why? If no, why not? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543. Now, Governor Huckabee says, I, I don't know how long it should be. Maybe 30 years instead of a lifetime. Well, if you do support term limits, what would the limitation be that you would set? How long should a Supreme Court justice be a Supreme Court justice, in your opinion? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, if justices had term limits, would we still allow presidents to appoint the new justices? Or would you like to see we the people make that decision? Should the Supreme Court of the United States of America be solely decided by presidents to make such an appointment? Or would you like to see we the people vote for those positions, those Supreme Court justices to fill those nine seats? 888-6LESLIE, 888-6537-543 is the number. If we had term limits on Supreme Court of the United States justices, would major decisions such as the same-sex marriage and Obamacare turn into political battles instead of interpretation of the law. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And in recent years, do you feel that our Supreme Court, left or right, hasn't really gone solely by the letter of the law? Citizens United would be one that leaves you, as it leaves me and many, scratching our heads. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, would members of the GOP be as concerned about term limits right now if the Obamacare and same-sex marriage decisions had gone another way. 
Where were they? After Bush v. Gore, Citizens United, as I just mentioned. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. And what do you think are the best and worst Supreme Court decisions that were made in your lifetime? What in your lifetime have been the best and the worst Supreme Court decisions? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543. I have more questions, but let's take a break and get to some of your answers on these. We're talking about Supreme Court justice term limits. For or against it, why or why not? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543 is the number. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. We'll be back to you right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, welcome, welcome back, welcome back from your holiday, your vacation, a belated happy 4th of July. I hope you'll join us live in this hour, wide open telephones. Do you feel that Supreme Court justices should not be tenured positions, which means that if you are appointed to the Supreme Court by a president of the United States, the only one who has that authority to make such an appointment, that that job is yours for life until you quit, retire, die. Do you think that's the way we should continue on or should it change? And if it changes, how many years is enough? Should the president be the one appointing or should we the people decide by a vote? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join us. We go to Georgia, line five with Reggie in Decatur, Georgia. Reggie, good afternoon. Happy Monday to you, Leslie. You too. Well, yeah, I think we should uh, have term limits on these people like we do on presidents. Because like you said, like you just said just now or a while ago, we don't want or need career politicians, and we certainly don't, and most definitely don't want career judges, including those on the Supreme Court. Because, you know, I, said, I think I said this before, and I'll reiterate it for you again. We need some fresh new blood in the Supreme Court system, don't you think? Because even, even you know, people have to retire sometime, even media personalities, right? Radio, TV, otherwise, right? Yes, someday I will be put out to pasture. I'm hoping it's not soon. It's later than sooner. Yes. And, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, nobody wants, nobody can stay there on top forever, right? I mean, That's what they to, tell me. Yeah, you don't want, to, you don't want the, the exact same people in there just to stay there forever. So, yeah, they should be term limits. Because, and, yes, the people should decide who stays and who goes, you know. And term limits, it should be like, what, 10 years or 20 years? You know, or 25 years, hell, even 30 years, but not longer than that. Okay, so you think 10 or 20 years, not a lifetime, and definitely yes on term limits. Okay, Reggie, thank you for the call, buddy. Happy Monday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join us. Do you feel that Supreme Court justices should be limited to a certain period of time for their job rather than a lifetime, which they have right now, rather than permanent? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. I'll share your tweets after this and more of your calls. 888-6-LESLIE, right back in a moment.
folks. Happy Monday. This is Leslie Marshall, and welcome or welcome back to the only true democracy in talk radio, the Leslie Marshall Show. Let me ask you a question, because I had to ask myself this question. It, you know what? My dad died at 57 of a heart attack, so being healthy and keeping my heart healthy is a big deal to me. It's very important to me. So I asked myself, and I'm asking you, if you could be more heart healthy, and you could do it just by drinking a glass of earthy vegetable juice daily, would you do it? I know some of you are going, oh, God, no way. It's going to taste awful. But what if I told you the performance-enhancing veggie was actually transformed into a circulation superfood drink that tastes great? Now you're more open to it? Well, that's exactly how I felt. This superfood is called Super Beets. I can help you try it risk-free. I've already tried this. I'm not going to ask you to try anything I myself haven't tried and I myself think works. I myself think's great. And that's the case with Super Beets. It's loaded with vegetable dietary nitrates. And what that does is they boost nitric oxide levels in your body. And this equals an increase in energy, as you can hear every day and watch me on TV. Every day you see that I have. And stamina, just reading my post and how much I do. And you don't have to have stimulants that make you shaky and that can be bad for your heart to do it. Dietary nitrates are incredible for supporting healthy blood pressure. True. This too, excuse me, this is what I do every morning. I put super beets in my protein shake. Okay. I use it in the morning for that energy. If I go to the gym, I can have an extra long workout and it helps me push through and and get a better and harder workout. And if I need a pick me up in the afternoon because I'm really tired with all that I do, well, I use that as a pick me up. I don't have to go for the Java and I don't have the jittery side effects. You can, if you order right now, get a bonus 30 day supply free with your first order. And you'll even get the book, Beat the Odds, free. And by the way, shipping, that's also free. It is guaranteed for you to like it just like I do or your money back. I, Leslie Marshall, feel confident offering this to you, the my listeners, part of the Leslie Marshall listening family, because I take Super Beats every day. This is my new thing. It's my new favorite product. I've turned my husband onto it, and I hope I'll turn you onto it too. I feel the energy it gives me. I feel the energy within minutes, 20 minutes approximately, of when I take it. I want you to feel it too. So what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone and call 1-800-305-6011. That is a free call as well. Or you can go to leslielovesbeats.com. My name is L-E-S-L-I-E, leslielovesbeats.com. That number again, 800-305-6011. That's free. Or you can go to leslielovesbeats.com. 800-305-6011. That's free or also free. LeslieLovesBeats.com. Check it out. Picking up the phone and joining us in this hour, we are talking about the Supreme Court and whether or not there should be Supreme Court limits or limits on Supreme Court members. The nine justices currently and, and have, has since the beginning of time, had a no fire, no pushed out of the job, can't screw it. Now, think about this. A Supreme Court justice member, I think, I could be wrong, could break the law and still be in their position. Am I right on that? I think they can, right? Is that the only way they could? And I'm just saying, you know what? We, the people, should have a composite of justices that represent the best interest of we, the people. And I'm not sure that's what we have now, quite frankly, even though I love the rulings on Obamacare, and I love that when you look at the, 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 the numbers too, right? Uh, when you look at the numbers of votes and how it keeps coming down, 5-4, 5-4, 5-4, right? 
and the ruling with regard to same-sex marriage. So pick up the phone and join me. Is it time to put limits, term limits, on Supreme Court justices? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Uh, let's go to Daniel in New Mexico, Line 5. Daniel, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie. Good afternoon, um, Daniel. Howdy. I was thinking that we could kill two birds with one stone and have um, we could have justices elected every eight years and have it be on the years that there are not presidential elections, the, the two years when the Congress is, is elected, but there is no presidential election. Okay, so at the so so then you're talking about how many years they would be limited to the same as a president? Eight years. Okay, so they get the same as the commander in chief because the commander in chief is going to appoint them. The commander in chief. But wait a minute, hypothetically, what if it's a one-term president? We do have those. Yeah, um, I I meant to have the justices be be elected and and to have their their elections be every eight years, but not on the same years as the presidential elections, um, to have them offset by two years so that they correspond to the to those little elections that very few people vote for first. Okay, so that, 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 that's a good point. So you say it should be an eight-year limit, assuming that most, not all, but most are uh, two-term presidents. And then uh, we, the people, in electing the president are, in a sense, giving that uh, president uh, time to elect, uh, you know, giving that president the ability to elect their court. And, um, you know, there's still nine. And, um, you know, some, some people might say, what about somebody who would say to you, but that would make an extreme imbalance because somebody on the right's going to put uh, nine conservative justices. Somebody on the left's going to put nine liberal justices. Um, we could have it to where the the Supreme Court justices were elected as well, so that their their. Um, but if they're elected in the same, uh, you're saying, so you don't want the, the the president to appoint them. We, the people, elect eight-year term. That's the, the end of story. Yeah. And, okay. And they're not elected on the same the same year. They're offset by two years from the president. Okay. Sounds good. Um, let's, uh, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, I got it. I got it there. Cause you know, I was thinking to myself, uh, how do I answer that question? I'm asking that question to you, right? How many years? I honestly don't know. I'm being honest. I do think there are term limits. I don't know. And I am concerned that every time there's a new president, whether it's every four years or eight years, that there's an entirely new composite, especially if that composite's not one to my liking, right? Let's go to Gabe in Chicago, line one. Hey, Gabe, good afternoon. What do you think? Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? Uh, so I actually run an advocacy group that advocates for limiting the term of Supreme Court justices to 18 years. 18 years is something that conservatives, Democrats, legal scholars all agree on, and uh, it's long enough for the justices to have influence, get some important decisions in, but not so long as to have the court become uh, undemocratic or feudal as it currently stands. 
Okay, explain how you get that magic number 18 to the math to, to the math idiot here myself. No, but ex- explain, <laughs> explain the logic behind the 18 years. And I'm so glad that you were listening or were following on Twitter and called in on this uh, issue because you're, you're passionate about it and knowledgeable about it. So we're glad to have you uh, each and every Thank day, you. but especially uh, on this issue. How'd you guys arrive at 18 years? Why is 18 years a good year? And why is it so easily agreed upon left and right? Oh, I think I think you uh, you alluded to it. It's, it's simple math. There there are nine justices, and if we have appointments every two years, that'll that'll get you up to the magic number of eighteen. And, and the way we do it is we'd stagger it. So every two years there would be a new Supreme Court nomination. Wouldn't matter who the president is. We wouldn't have a situation where a justice, say a liberal justice, is waiting for a Democratic president uh, to be elected so he or she could retire when a like-minded president is in office. Same thing with, you know, you can imagine Scalia and Kennedy are waiting for uh, Bush, Walker, or Rubio to show up in the Oval Office before they step down. So it would take the partisanship out of the uh, the nomination process, and you'd have a situation where uh, it would be standardized, and you wouldn't have the justices playing these partisan games and gaming their retirements to when a president of their liking is in the Oval Office. And you know, just so I understand, though, um, so this would come up with a mix, in a sense, most likely, when you just look at, historically, the cycle of conservative versus liberal presidents, correct? Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's, you know, that, that's something that I, I really wish didn't exist, and it does, and, and you and I say it, and, and the reporters who cover the Supreme Court say it, it, it there shouldn't be a liberal justice or a conservative justice. We want individuals that... Uh, are more pragmatic, are more reasonable, adhere to the text of the Constitution, but understand that it's not 1789. There's got to be a, a middle ground here, and, and hopefully not every justice that's appointed to the Supreme Court can fit into that box. I mean, the, the fact that there's life tenure incentivizes presidents to find the most ideological 46- or 48-year-olds to be appointed to the court because then that president can have their imprint on the court for long after that their term is over and long after their lives are over. I mean... Scalia and Kennedy were appointed by Reagan, just to give an example. Justice Stevens, who retired only five years ago, was appointed by Gerald Ford. So that people understand, because they can hear my take and opinion, but like you have all this research behind you, why is it important that the, that the, uh, the, the court have term limits and, and be rotational um, as we progress in years? I mean, I think there are a lot of different arguments. Uh, and you can choose whichever one you like. I mean, uh, I was on a, a radio program a couple of weeks ago, and, and the host was early 30s like myself, and, and the idea that you have somebody who's 80 or 90 years old deciding cases on uh, cell phone searches or uh, new ways of delivering television signals or other types of new technologies, not something that, uh, that one, a millennial like myself would argue is beneficial. Um, another reason is that there's a sense, and I hate to say this, but there's a sense that a lot of the justices are just clinging on for their jobs because it's a, it's a great job, and they don't really care that they're, when they get later in, in years, they sort of lose a little bit their, of their mental capacity. And we, we have, we know instances of a few of the justices that have retired in the last 50 years. Uh, you know, it's very unfortunate, but it's, it, it happens. They've lost a little bit of their sharpness as they've gotten up in age. So you don't want one of the nine justices to, to not have their full mental capacity. It is and now, now it was, okay, I was going to say, there's got to be more than just one reason, and age can't be the only reason. No, no, of course. And, and just 
you know, a single person holding on to, to power for 30 or 40 years, there's only nine justices. It's not like, you know, with Congress where there's so many and you have, you know, obviously only one president, but a million elected uh, or a million executive branch officials. When you have one party or sorry, one body of government that has become the most important body of government, right? Congress can't get anything done. There's constant gridlock between the legislative and the executive branch. So the Supreme Court has become the most powerful, least accountable branch. And in order to sort of rein in the power, remember that they were written third into the Constitution for a reason. You know, Congress comes first and the president, then the Supreme Court. There's a reason for that. So in order to rebalance the, uh, the various power structures in the United in our government, we think that term limits is, is one of the ways to do that. Do you feel that um, this should be an appointment by the commander-in-chief, by the president, or as some are talking about on air and online, that we, the people, should decide by our votes? Well, I mean, I don't think elections of judges, uh, justices, is ever going to happen. Even this past term, the Supreme Court said that judicial elections in state courts, that has a chance of leading to uh, corruption. So the idea that the Supreme Court justices themselves would ever be elected, I don't think is ever going to happen. Uh, there are other ways of, of figuring out Supreme Court appointments. Uh, there's something called the Judicial Commission that exists in most of the states. It existed in you know as far left, uh, far right places as Alaska under Governor Palin, and as far left places as the federal judiciary under President Carter. And basically, what it is, you get a bunch of judges together, a bunch of legal experts on the left and the right. And they have they compromise on a nominee, so it's not like you only have you know President Obama only looked at quote unquote liberal nominees. If you had a judicial commission, then you'd have legal scholars from across the political spectrum across the country. Remember, most of the judges are East Coast, and you know the rest of the country. I'm in Chicago, you know, feels like there's a little East Coast bias there. Um, you know, having these judicial commissions would would, would bring down the ch- the temperature, the partisanship. Of the uh, of the confirmation hearings, and theoretically, you would get nominees that are more pragmatic and less beholden to a certain ideology or party. Okay, and um, w- one last thing, so people understand, how difficult would this be to change the current uh, tenured position of Supreme Court justices, so that people get you know a reality sure. check? Sure. So there there are two ways of doing this: of changing life tenure to. Uh, what we'd like to see, which is 18-year tenures. One is a constitutional amendment, which is really hard. The Constitution's only been amended about two dozen times in the last 239, or, well, really 220-odd years since the Constitution was written. And that's extremely challenging. you got to get Congress involved. you got to get the states involved. That's tough. The easier way, I think, is to define the term of judicial, uh, define the way that judges are appointed, within the Constitution by, like, redefining a few of the words. And that could be done by by Congress. So Congress says, judge, just, uh, so the Constitution says judges should serve over a term of good behavior. Well, the term could be the term of any federal judgeship. So they could be a federal judge for life, but then Congress would go in and write a law that says, well, of that lifetime term as any federal judge in the country, and there are hundreds, only 18 of those years could you serve on the Supreme Court. So it's a little bit of a semantic nuance, but we think it could be done, and I think that's a preferable way because, you know, the second you open up the specter of a constitutional convention, that that, uh, that brings a lot of uh, other issues to the table that uh, we don't really feel would be necessarily helpful to getting this done. So we hope it can be done through Congress.
All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving us a call. Call us again, even if it's not on this issue. Uh, pleasure. I have somebody so knowledgeable on it and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Used to live in Chicago. Great city. Gabe, thank you for joining us. We'll take a break. We'll be back to you if you're holding. If you want to join us, 8886-LESLIE. And uh, tweets, we've got a lot of them to uh, share with you. I'll do a few of those when we return. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, welcome or welcome back, and this is the Leslie Marshall Show. I've been telling you uh, today for the first time about performance-enhancing veggies that help improve circulation, energy, and stamina, and they do it for me. They exist. They do it for me. They're at the top of the list. They're called beets. They're loaded with dietary nitrates. They boost nitric oxide levels in your body. And what that does is gives you more energy and stamina, and it doesn't have that crash when you have a fake energy drink and you don't get the shakes. I am not eating beets every meal, if that's what you're thinking. But I'm excited about Super Beets. It's delicious. It is a superfood, and it improves my circulation. I drink it every day. I mix it with a smoothie. You can mix it with water. I've done that, too. And here is the secret. Super beets are light dried, so the dietary nitrates are protected. It's great for healthy blood pressure and for getting better circulation, even to our most intimate parts, if you will. So you will feel that boost, no pun intended, and that boost of energy and stamina in as little as 20 minutes. I guarantee you, or you get your money back, and you get a bonus 30-day supply free with your first order. Plus, you'll get the boot. Book Beat the Odds, free and free shipping too. Guaranteed or your money back. I, Leslie Marshall, feel confident offering this to you, my listeners. And why? Because I'm taking it every day. Super Beats every day. It's my my new favorite product. I feel the energy it gives me. And like I said, it just boosts that stamina. You don't get the shakes. It does it within 20 minutes. I want you to feel this for yourself. Check it out. Call 1-800-305-6011. It is free. Also free, go to LeslieLovesBeats.com. L-E-S-L-I-E. That's eight. 800-305-6011. It's free. And again, that number, 800-305-6011. Free. I'll just log on to LeslieLovesBeats.com. That's LeslieLovesBeats.com. I do. Check it out. And we're going back to your calls. 8886-LESLIE. 888-653-7543 is the number. And up next here, we have Mike in Ohio on line five. Mike, good afternoon. Noon. Um... With the discussion, I kind of like the idea with your previous caller talking about the uh, the committee to uh, appoint the justices, but term limits and people electing them and everything else, I, you end up with problems because then people know precisely when something is going to end, and it gives them the ability to play chess with everything that's going on interesting and, and comes- I, w- I wish you i wish he was still on the call because that's interesting because you know what that's a good question i, I should have thought to ask that. That, that that's a good point and then with electing them well then you have the same problem electing them as you do electing anybody else you have the big powerful people dumping their money into what is going on and then you have the money people 
directly manipulating what's going on in the courts instead of kind of second or third party manipulating what's going on in the courts by manipulating the presidency and the Congress. Because we kind of have a two-step system to putting them in place now. The Congress nominates them, but the Congress or the president nominates in a point, but the Congress still has to approve. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. If I didn't get to your calls, I am so sorry. Twitter, Patrick says term limits would require an amendment. I'd support it. Martin J says remove the liberals. I think they're on balance. They have done a respectable job, and I want Obamacare repealed. I'm Leslie Marshall back tomorrow on Tuesday. Thank you to Mark, who's back from vacation. And Andrew, have a great afternoon.